Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 1, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart, see if anything's jumping off the page at us. Should seem obvious to you. It was much of the same as it was yesterday, a very narrow ranging day. They made an attempt early on to break out. They couldn't do it. They basically hung around near the highs all day long. Let's take a look at it from a 30,000 foot view. They're hanging around the highs. They haven't been rejected. They're eating time off the clock, building energy to make another move. That doesn't guarantee they'll make another move up north, but hanging around the highs without a rejection is kind of a hint that's what they're doing. We're going to take a look at some other charts, see what we uncover from other time frames, but right now it's the daily chart and we want the global view, which is, of course, the trend is your friend until she tosses you out the window. Let's talk a little bit more about hanging around the highs from a philosophical standpoint. Could be hanging around the lows. It's hanging around a specific spot, which is, in fact, either resistance or support without having gone in the other direction. And the point here is they're eating time off the clock, yes, but there's other ways to look at it. I just want to broaden our horizons a little bit We can look at things from a multitude of perspectives. They ran up to a spot, but they're not yet ready to get through the spot. So it's kind of like you go down a roadway, and on that roadway is a toll. You have to stop, you have to wait, you have to pay the toll. Sometimes it takes longer to get through the toll booth than others. Here's another way to look at it. This is what I tell my kids as they go through different stages in life. First... Life isn't easy. We all know that. So as we go through different stages, as we grow up, it's not that easy to transition from one thing to another. It's the same as a chart. A chart is transitioning from one thing to another. Sometimes you have to run some tests. You have to check a couple of doors. Can I go this way? Can I go that way? Will this work? Will that work? Finally, If in fact it's meant to be and you're meant to bust through to the other side, you'll find the way through and therefore after eating time off the clock, that's how price or in this case the S&P 500 will find its way through. Now we know that's going to happen as long as they keep doing the same thing. Well, what if they're not doing the same thing? What if something changes? How will we know that? That's where other charts come in. It's not so easy to identify just by looking at a daily chart. So we go to different time frames. Do we see anything different on a 240-minute chart? And the answer is, no, not really. All they're doing is eating time off the clock inside of this breakup candle low. 450.71 is that breakup candle low. They've come close, but they've never gone below it. As long as they continue closing 240-minute candles above that price, she's poised to go higher. Now, what happens if they start closing a 240-minute candle below that price? Well, other time frames, other charts will have tipped you off ahead of time. That's why we look at an entire plethora of charts. Write that word down on a sticky note. Look it up first. Here we have the 120-minute chart. 
So it's the same breakup candle low, but we'll notice that right underneath that we have a gap. So if in fact they were coming down to run a test again of that breakup candle low, and here they already ran a test. So if they're coming down again, odds on that they're actually going to surpass the low and fill the gap. Now, that's when things start to get interesting because then you say, well, if they don't ricochet right back up off the gap and get back up inside that breakup candle low, it changes the makeup of the chart. It changes the chart. Then you have to consider if they're filling the gap. Let's just say the gap is just north of a big fat round number of 450. Let's say they're filling the gap. Can they run a test of the big fat round number of 450? And the answer is, of course they can. And if they're doing that, would they normally spike it through? And let's say sometimes they come up short, sometimes they spike it through. Very infrequently will they hit it right on the nose and take off in the other direction, but it does happen. So let's say they spike it through. If they spiked it through, where would they be going? How about the most recent breakout area? Well, we can make a case that that gap is actually a breakout area. That's fine, but there's another one, more important one. How do we know it's more important? Well, I'm gonna show you. Right here, price went up to this spot here, and it couldn't get through, and it fell down. Then it got through, which makes this a breakout area. We're gonna call it 449.50, give or take. Now, all that said, we're not saying price is going to 449.50, but we're saying price travels in stages just like we travel around wherever we're traveling. We do it in stages. You stop for gas, you stop for food, you stop to sightsee, you stop to take a leak. So my point here is we have to know the spots ahead of time. So here we just identified the spots. So if in fact we wake up on Thursday, the market's red, they're trading lower, we know where the spots are. The trick is, how do you know which spot is gonna be the spot for a trading opportunity? Well, those are reserved for inside the number members. They get that information to the best of my ability each and every morning before the open, after the open, in real time, depending on how and where the market is moving to. Do we see anything different on the hourly chart? And the answer is no, we don't. It's the same makeup as the 120 we just looked at. You'll notice, by the way, on the 120 minute chart, they're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend, blah, blah, blah. However, when we flip over to an hourly chart, we notice that they got below the 20 period moving average, which isn't all that big of a deal. And in this case, the reason being is they came down to do what? They came down to fill a gap that was left open from yesterday to this morning. They made an attempt early on, they missed it, they traded away, and then guess what they did into the end of the day? They took care of business. Now, if it wasn't into the end of the day, there was likely a scalp trade available at that spot, but they did it into the closing bell for the most part. There's no time on the clock. It's different when they're running out of runway. Net-net, we closed or they closed the hourly chart below the 20 period moving average, but yet above the gap. They filled the gap, they bounced off of it, ran out of clock, but they did close the day above the gap. If they closed below the gap, that would have been a negative sign 
This isn't necessarily bullish or bearish, it's just not negative or bearish closing back above the gap. About a 30-minute chart, we don't look at this one a lot, I don't really use this one a lot, but I look from time to time. They're into the 50-period moving average, not all that big of a deal that they came down to run a test, but I think it spells something that they closed either on it or slightly above it. The actual moving average comes in at 451.80, the closing print is 451.81, pretty interesting. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the short answer is, no there aren't. The shorter answer is, no. We can also look at things this way. So here's the bottom end of a range that they're in. So maybe they come back down to test the range or all the way down to test the bottom end of the range. Maybe they don't, but getting below these pivots, this is where we say, the door will open to fill the gap. And if they don't bounce off the gap, they don't close above the gap, then the door opens for the next spot, which is really the breakout area down here. That's the way this thing works. So we look at small pictures, we look at big pictures. So one way I look at this and say, well, if I look at this on a 30-minute chart or some other time frame close to this, I'll say they're going back and forth in this range they're coming down to test the bottom end of the range. Now they've been here once already since they established the bottom end of the range. I'll take that back, twice. This is the establishment. This is one test. This is two tests. Are they gonna have three tests and go, or will the third test fail and fill the gap? That's the open question. If I'm looking at a daily chart, I say they're just eating time off the clock near the highs. I don't see the back and forth. I don't really see the range that shows up on a 15-minute chart or a 30-minute chart or an hourly chart. It disappears when you extend the time frame. So when I look at the daily chart, nothing's going on. If I'm looking at a 30-minute chart, the market collapsed down in the last two hours of trading. But it didn't really collapse down. When you look at the daily chart, it didn't really do anything. You have to put things in perspective. About a 15-minute chart. So they closed right on top of the 100 period moving average. You begin to see a theme. They ran some tests. They're at the bottom end of a range. They tested some moving averages. Could be just a test. We'll wait and see what happens on Thursday morning. We wake up either to a gap up, we wake up to a gap down, or we wake up to a flat market and then we just take it from there in real time. By the way, folks that have taken the course Lazy E-mini trader will note that the market seemed to bottom into the end of the day, and we don't really know if it's a bottom, they just ran out of time on the clock, but the market seemed to bottom, put in some kind of a tail candle, guess what? On time. On time on this 15-minute chart. We'll find out tomorrow if it's on time in the 30-minute chart. You gotta bounce on time on a five-minute chart. Folks that have taken the course know exactly where I'm going with this. A Couple of other words about what's going on kind of around the thing or around the world right now. Not around the world in terms of Afghanistan and that debacle over there, other stuff like Labor Day weekend. So the volume has been very, very light. We attribute this to the summer doldrums leading into Labor Day weekend. The volume will pick up, not necessarily right after Labor Day weekend, it could, but give it some time, things will get back to normal. Volatility will come back to the market after Labor Day. 
we're looking at mid-September for some activity. But right now, leading into Labor Day weekend, we can expect more of the same tomorrow and even more and more of the same on Friday in terms of the light volume. So you get some activity in the morning, and then the market goes into floater mode or sleeper mode. Now Friday, we have the phony jobs number. So we can certainly get some activity around the phony jobs number at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The market may be active in the morning. Maybe we get the old morning rush hour, and then the market will tend to go to sleep. Doesn't happen every single time. It happens the majority of the time. We use the 80-20 rule, and it's even actually more than that. The majority of the time, this is what happens. If something else is developing, that's fine. We handle it in real time. But we kind of go into each day with some kind of expectation, some big numbers on the docket. We go in with a plan. We go in prepared. It's a pregame warm-up routine. What's going on inside the numbers? Not a lot was going on today. The market really didn't do anything until it dropped into the end of the day as the clock was running out. So what I'm going to do is let you read the commentary, pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts. I urge you to double-check the work. So at 9.10, from a short-term perspective, 452.50 is the first area of support where buyers could show up. Now, at the time, price was above that area. The next logical spot would be 451.60, give or take. That's at 9.10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know the routine, right of the vertical is today's activity. Horizontal line is 451.60. Look what happened. The problem is they did it into the end of the day. They didn't do it here. Here would have been a trade, or at some other time would have been a trade. Into the closing bell is not a trade, but guess what? It still was support, and they still bounced off of it, even with just seconds left on the clock. You can have the numbers, but they don't necessarily give you everything you want in the manner in which you want it. That's the life of a trader. The life of a trader is how much patience do you have? Are you going to chase the tape? Are you going to change your rules to get into a trade because you have FOMO? You need to be in a trade. That's wrong. That's not how we treat it as a business. They either give us the number in the manner in which we like it, or we take a pass and we take the next trade. There's always another trade around the corner. When you treat it as a business and you eliminate the chasing stuff, which creates mistakes and so on, you know all that stuff. When you eliminate the mistakes, which eliminates a lot of the bad trades, your profitability changes. You become a real business. Case in point, how many trades do you think I took today off the stocks on the move list? We'll get back to that list a little bit later. Think about that for a moment. How many trades do you think I took today from the SPY? The answer is zero. When you're new in the business and you're all excited and you want to make money every single day, that's not easy to do. When you're treating it as a business, that's fine. No big deal. I opened the store, no customers came in, the phone didn't even ring. It's a little bit strange, but it happens. You move on to the next day. We're in the summer doldrums. Let's move along with the commentary. Let me scroll up again, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. You basically had the whole thing. In the morning, I wanted that spot. They didn't give it to me. 
They went back and forth all day long. They didn't really give me any other setup that I wanted, and therefore, I took a pass. They did it into the end of the day. No time left on the clock, and that's the synopsis. What about stocks on the move? There were four opportunities on the board, very quiet in the pre-market today. However, these four made it on the board. XPEV did hit its entry target. We're going to take a look at that chart. Crowd, FCX, and NIO did not, so they're off the board, no trade. XPEV, they did the thing into the end of the day. I didn't take this trade. I wasn't even watching it at the time. I didn't notice it until later on. I wasn't watching it after this happened. Came close, $40.65 was the low against my entry. I wanted $40.50, was getting a pretty good haircut, and then it got a pretty good bounce away. So this one's off the table, not even watching it, but that was the number anyway. Again, life of a trader. They just didn't do it in the manner in which I wanted. However, they still did the thing anyway, and they would have provided the minimum required base hit. The takeaway, the numbers work. When I expand the chart and look at a 15-minute chart, maybe you could see why I was interested in this spot. Isn't this a breakout area? Didn't the market go back and forth here, eating time off the clock before breaking out? Right in this zone here. It did it for a little while, and this is a short-term chart, I get that. It broke out, and now it's coming back to retest a former breakout area. Came up short, got a huge bounce, came back and did it anyway into the end of the day. That was the spot that I was looking at. Now, here's a question. That was the spot I was looking at, but the question is, why not this spot down here? How did you know it wasn't going to go all the way down to the lows? After all, it was getting a pretty good haircut at the open. And the answer is, it's going to stop at the first breakout area and run a test the majority of the time. That's item number one. But wait, there's more. There's a pretty big size breakup candle with a low in that same spot. And oh, by the way, how much time did they spend at that spot? Forget the 15-minute chart. This was what I was looking at. Now, here's the setup. Here's where it closed yesterday. It's coming back down. It's coming into moving averages, a former breakout area, a breakup candle low. This is what we call a full stack. Not all full stacks are created equal. Not all full stacks look the same. I can recognize my own version of full stacks. Just to confirm that all charts are looking the same way, same deal, breakup candle low, 120 minute chart. This thing is the breakout area. That spot here, 40-50, maybe it was 40-60, maybe it was 40-40, but guess what? That was the spot. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they're above that important area, above all the moving averages. They had a pretty big breakup candle. So therefore, since not getting rejected, and we just had this conversation earlier, they're hanging around the same spot, which means they're likely targeting the next major spot. Where is that? We talked about it two or three times already. 229 to 230. Light volume leading into a holiday weekend. Can they do it over the next two days? Sure, they can do it tomorrow. 229 to 230, call it 229 and a half, will be overhead resistance. Now that's if they hit it like tomorrow slash Friday. If they eat more time off the clock into next week, and then start to push higher, that changes the scope of where the resistance is. The longer they eat time off the clock, 
the higher they come out with energy and push up north. What about the folks down at the transportation department? How about 14,760? Closed today slightly below. They're hanging around that spot. Interesting. It's going to be very important to see where they close by Friday. Two trading days left. They may be significantly higher. They may be a lot lower. We don't know yet, but 14,760 is the pivot. Here's something interesting, 120-minute chart. We talk about this stuff all the time. In fact, we talked about it already just minutes ago. Guess what? Here's a breakup candle. There's a low. What did they do? They came down to run a test of the breakup candle low. Funny how that works. Look what happened over here. Here's another breakup candle. They ran a test. They bounced off of it. However, the actual destination was somewhere else. Where was it? The next breakup candle low. They didn't go all the way down to the low, but they ran a test. It's in the neighborhood. About the Q people, Silicon Valley folks, are we going to call this a tail candle today? No. They're high on the chart, made a new high today, finished near the lows. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. The trend is your friend until she tosses your suitcase out the window. We're just going to move it along. About the financials, the XLF, a little bit interesting. They closed slightly below the 20-period moving average. Now, it's by pennies, right? 20-period moving average is at 38.23. They closed five cents below it. Is that a big deal, federal case? Not really, but it's interesting. It made me look at it. So for me, it jumped off the page. They chose to close below it. They could have closed above it. We just saw that before, where they closed one penny above a number. Well, here they closed below it. Is that trying to tell us something? Is there a problem with the financials? If they come down lower, where would they be going? How about... 37.50, not that far away. Could they run a test of 37.50 and bounce back up? Absolutely. Would that be a federal case? No. Look at the bigger picture. This is the weekly chart. So they tried to break out to new highs, and they're not successful yet. But A, it's still intra-week, and B, the trend is up. Doesn't mean they're going to do it on the first shot. They can eat some time off the clock. So technically speaking, there's really nothing wrong with the XLF from the bigger picture perspective. Doesn't mean something can't develop, but right here at present in real time, nothing wrong from a larger picture perspective. About Smash Mouth, they were up earlier, sold off a little bit, finished a little bit below the flat line, down 44 cents. It's not really anything. It's more of a rounding error, but here's what we're gonna note. What we have to use is the 271.79. That was the former high and they were rejected, remember right here. They run up and then they get rejected. So they run up again and they bust through. So it becomes a breakout area, but they never really broke out. They gave it a shot and they fell right back down inside that spot. Now, maybe they eat some time off the clock and push higher again. How do we know whether it's doing that or whether something more sinister or bearish is developing? Well, here's what we have. 267.32 is a breakup candle low right here. We're going to use that as the bogey. Now, they've already come down and kind of run a test of that spot. Doesn't mean they can't do it again. But if they close the day and multiple days below that spot, they're going to come into the moving averages. And then we have something else developing. We'll continue to talk about it as it develops. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast 
Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.